my job is not to go out there and be my best friend. This isn't the best friend making competition. This is the ultimate fighting championship. I think training camp is for kids. I don't sleep in a tent and I don't eat marshmallows. <laughs> I, I, I train all the time. Tough one. Still here, still strong, and getting stronger. If you're passionate about something, you love something, the more you do it, the better you get. When you go to bed late, you wake up early, that's someone who loves what they do. I don't plan to steal shows, I just steal them. <laughs> I am the champion of the world. Let's not forget this Simon Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the headline. I'm Simon Head, and I'm not going to lie, I'm suffering right now. I seem to have picked up uh, the cold that my daughters have so kindly brought into the house. So uh, I'm a bit snotted up, so uh, forgive my slightly congested uh, voice on this particular show. Uh, wasn't quite as congested a few weeks ago when uh, I travelled up to London for a Bellator press conference to, to chat to James Haskell, former England rugby star, uh, long-time fan of mixed martial arts, long-time trainer in terms of uh, being in a mixed martial arts gym at London Shoot Fighters, cross-training with the MMA guys down there at London Shoot Fighters as part of his rugby career to try and help give him an extra edge on the rugby field. Turns out he's now a Bellator heavyweight. Uh, Bellator trailed a mystery signing. They put out some dimly lit photos of a large man with hairy arms, uh, that's about all we could make out from the pictures. Uh, a lot of guessing was uh, was being done online. And uh, in the end, when it was named as James Haskell, it all kind of made sense. And then uh, Bellator held a press conference up at Viacom headquarters in Camden, London. So what you're going to hear on the podcast now is we'll do it in chronological order. I'll play you the press conference so you get the announcement as it happens. James explaining just why he decided to sign. Uh, answering a few questions from the media, myself included. And then after that, I managed to grab David Green and James himself for a couple of one-on-ones. So uh, I'll run those all back to back and uh, you get to hear the full story of how uh, a very successful former England rugby player has decided to uh, end his sporting retirement after just a couple of months to go from one of the toughest team sports on the planet to probably the toughest individual sport on the planet. We'll start off with a press conference, then the two one-on-ones. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Bellator Europe HQ and our latest announcement. And uh, before I go on to talk about our latest signing, I just want to give you a quick recap of where we are now. We're a few months in to the whole Bellator Europe project. Uh, we've done three events now, starting with Newcastle in January, obviously Birmingham follow that. And we get to Wembley, London in June. And we've seen a nice steady growth for Bellator across that time, certainly in terms of television audiences as well. For London, in June we got uh, almost 650,000 viewers, 4% share with 6.6 to 16 to 34. So we're really seeing some growth there and it's by far and away the biggest watched MMA in the UK this year. We've also uh, had some great viral moments. I think if anyone saw the Birmingham event, we had uh, Raymond Daniels delivered us a knockout that basically did the rounds around the world, probably one of the most exciting and talked about knockouts we've seen for, in recent memory. I think it's clicking over about 25 million views virally, uh, just over in that weekend. And then of course we've got, uh, very grateful to our Sky Sports deal, I think, which has really helped bring awareness to Bellator in that you can watch all of the international fights over there and the subsequent coverage on Sky Sports News, I think it gives us a whole new fan base. And 
people in the UK will be able to see the likes of the heavyweights belt fight next week in San Jose, and then we've got our million dollar welterweight championship just being announced for October. So great coverage, great access all around the world. Which brings me on to our latest signing that we're very, very excited about. Obviously, doesn't need too much of an introduction, a huge rugby club history, 77 caps for England, playing on the international stage. DJ and I think fair to say raconteur, Mr. James Haskell. Thank you very much. How you doing, you right? Thank you, David, I appreciate that introduction, very nice. Normally nobody speaks that nice about me, so I'll take it. Well, it's a press conference, we'll do that first. Oh, thank you, yeah. <laughs> I've come to the crowd for some um, questions in a bit, but I first just wanted to talk to James about this quite dramatic switching of sports. Yeah, look, I think um, when you kind of came and talked to me about it, uh, I'd done some work with um, Bama before, we'd done some presenting stuff, and when you contacted me, I thought, uh, oh, brilliant, you know, I'm, I'm now finished in rugby, I've also got an interest in in MMA, maybe you can offer me some more work. Um, and then you dropped the bombshell that you wanted me to fight. Um, so once I'd stopped nervously laughing, um, I, it kind of piqued my, my interest. I thought, look, I had a real interest, a real passion in this. I went back to my, my wife. She didn't find it as funny. Um, obviously looked at me like I was, I was kind of mad. Um, the first thing I did was pick up the phone to the guys at uh, London Shoot Fighters and said to them, I, I've known them since I was 21. I said, listen guys, I've trained down there. You know I love this, this sport. You know, what do you think uh, about me, me, me taking it on? What do you think about um, me giving it a go? And unanimously came back uh, and gave their support. And I said, listen, would they train me? Because I think for me that was a real, real important factor that, you know, they're one of the toughest, one of the hardest, kind of one of the most successful um, MMA gyms in, in the UK. Uh, and I knew that would be in good hands. They'd known me, they knew my career, they knew kind of my, my limitations. Um, and I, I talked to my friends and I talked to my family and, and you know, it was overwhelming kind of support for doing it. And I think that I've gone out one sport which has been very attritional, very tough, going into something that's very unknown. I think personally there's a, a, a large element of fear involved. I think anyone who says that they, they're not scared of this kind of thing is either lying or, or coming up with pretense. I think for me, I want to test myself. Uh, I was always going to do the training. I was always going to do the, the you know, the jiu-jitsu, the boxing, the wrestling. I've always enjoyed that. You know, a lot of time over the last kind of 10 years with, with shoot fighters, I've worked a lot of my wrestling to help with my, my, my tackling, my takedown, single leg, double leg, whatever it might be. Um, and I've really enjoyed it and I think Look, you know, MMA is completely different because you've got to do all those disciplines while someone's trying to elbow, you know, knee you, punch you in the face. And I think, you know, Mike Tyson said, you know, everyone's got a plan until you get, get hit in the face. But I think for me, it's a test. I think it's a journey. Um, I've missed the kind of structural discipline. I now know where I have to be, um, you know, and, and I go back to having a real professional dedication. I think Bellator are, you know, for me, uh, you know, the best at what they do. They've got loads of transference from, from other sports. They're incredible. They're, they're developing. And they've offered me an opportunity that, uh, for me, is about the journey more so than anything else. It's about the personal test. It's about seeing what I've got inside myself, seeing whether I can deal with it. You know, I know the way that the London Shoot Fighters guys train. They take you to a pretty dark place. And I think sometimes, you know, when I left rugby and I bought my first commercial gym membership, which is a real shock to my system, and I went in there and I saw people training, I thought, you know what, I've got to get out of here and I've got to get into a, a proper gym. And they've already started flogging me. I've been, I've been at it kind of four or five weeks already. Uh, we've obviously got a long period of time to before I get into the, to the cage because, you know, I'm, I, I want to make sure I'm ready. I want to make sure that, you know, that when they say I'm ready, listen to my coaches. And um, it's nice and I'm excited. And listen, I've never been an individual sportsman. I've always had a team. I've always had a press conference. 
uh, but I was always a small cock, and now everyone's here to, to listen to me, right or wrongly, you can't say. <laughs> and I mean, we know that rugby is a really physical sport and uh, but very different to MMA. I mean, is there some similarities or some takeover there? There is, but I think you know you're kidding yourself if you think that it's uh, there's that that, that clear crossover. I think there's a lot of stuff that rugby can derive from from uh, MMA in terms of body control, takedown, uh, the the general body conditioning, that ability to get up, take down, fight, be able to you know and constantly be able to work. Very similar to work in the tackle area. You know, obviously the takedown, single leg, double leg, those ability to get your feet in close. You know, those, those are real tackle tackle aids. Obviously, in rugby league, there's a lot of transference with the jiu jitsu ability. To, ability to control someone onto their back, hold them, you know, arm drags, arm locks, all that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, look, it, it is very different, and I think that's why I'm, you know, eager and all the other way. You know, today we kind of had the sky press stuff. I've been training already back to, to shoot fighters, come back here. You know, I'm not messing around with this. I think, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's been overwhelming, overwhelming support, but I think some people think it's a bit like, you know, seeing that about Rocky Three, where he's wearing gold gloves and training, and there's all showbiz and everything else like that, and he gets absolutely filled in by Club Alack. That's not what I'm, not what I'm about. I, I'm dedicating my life to this. I want to make sure that I'm in the best possible shape. Whatever happens at the end of it, I'm going to put as much dedication as I put into this as I did to rugby. I'm, I'm deadly serious about it. So, you know, everything we're trying to do with the sponsors, the people we want to work with, I want them to, to help with my journey. I don't want this to be a case of where you get into the, the cage and it looks like I've never taken a punch before. It looks like I'm just here for fun and because I'm not about that. I said to Chloe, you know, if I was going to do it, we were going to do it really properly. And, you know, I've now started to have a look at, again, my nutrition, which she's, she's kind of taking care of because she's kind of the guru in that. I'm probably in one of the best body composition I, I've ever been in at the moment, looking at recovery, you know, looking trying to get cryotherapy, looking at all these kind of things, all these elements to make sure I can be in the best possible shape to, to execute my, my first fight. I mean, you tell me you're actually in better condition or you feel in better condition than you did training constantly in rugby now. Yeah, very much so. I think, look, you know, I believe you know, rugby puts you in a great place. It's a very uh, a tough sport. You have to peak every weekend. Uh, I've, all, I've openly said on my podcast, House of Rugby, different, different things. I think that we overtrain sometimes in rugby. We don't nail the recovery right. We don't. We do things sometimes out of fear. Actually, now being controlled by my own diet, my own body, and, and stuff is 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 being quite different. Um, obviously, now I'm going back into it to a gym where they are tough. You know, they believe in heavy sparring. They believe in doing that kind of work. But they also know that I'm a 34-year-old ex-rugby player. You know, and you're bad for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're 21, but um, you know, I, I, they've got to make sure they look after me and, and we do it properly, but also help me advance and be the best fighter I can be. And I think, uh, you know, I don't think I'm a. I mean, I was interviewed earlier. Do I think I'm a fighter? Well, I didn't. I, I do now. Do I think I'm the toughest player in the world? No. You know, I wish people would stop offering me out. I've got all over X. Random extra rugby players keep offering me out fighting. I've got weird nutters on social media offering me a fight. Listen, I'm, I'm going to fight in the cage. That's where I'm going to keep my, my business and uh, I'm going to do what my coaches tell me to do. And that's the extent of it. I'm still more chat than anything else before anyone's going to have a job offer to your smile. I did, but if you notice actually on that clip, which no one commented on, was my unbelievable takedown and straight into side control, ready to fill him in. What I didn't do was have a punch into the head because that would have got me. Uh, a red card. I sadly still got a yellow card, and I complained like a little girl. So you know, I went to 2019. I complained like a little boy. So I <laughs> But you were training with the England team last week as well, so the reaction was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was actually you know, it was just the day before. So I came down and, and uh, I talked to a couple of teammates without revealing anything. And I said, "This I'm going to announce something that I think you're first of all going to think, what's he doing? Then you may laugh, and then you might be interested." So I, I texted one of my mates. 
said, you know, have you stopped laughing yet? And he said, J just about. Um, and, you know, but they're excited. I think that it was great to be down in the England camp to see the guys, how hard they're training. I think I missed that. Uh, it was actually quite nice because I've had a good summer, you know, I've been DJing, I've been working, I'm all over the place. Um, I've been training, obviously, on my, on my own. But whenever it came to rugby or anything, I kind of just got a little bit melancholy, I was a bit down about it. I found it hard to, to kind of follow that stuff. But actually to go into England camp to see them, they gave me a coach's polo shirt, which is unbelievable. First time I've ever, ever, ever had any authority. I made them respect me and I made them call me coach. Um, and uh, it was great, but then obviously the news broke the next day and I've been speaking to them subsequently and, and I've been loving it. Now back down at Shoot Fighters again, I'm surrounded by lads, A, a whole set of lads who can fill me in, but B, more importantly, that we've got that camaraderie, we've got that chat, everyone's working hard, everyone's got common goal. And I love that. I think, um, I mean, I've thought I was but I think I probably calmed down a little bit. Um, and, and obviously, you know, I'm certainly probably looking pretty tired and knackered most of the time because, you know, that, that's... I, I, I had about a month, two months when my body started to feel brilliant again. And I thought, actually, I might go out and probably lark unscathed and I did a two-hour wrestling session the other day and couldn't rotate my head and turn up to a wedding and they were like, retirement's going well for you. I was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, then, I'm really excited about the adventure. I think we're going to take some questions from the crowd first and then we'll have a little scrum with uh, James after that. So. Hey James, Steve Trill, back to Combat Sports Journal. Nice to see you. Hello mate. Um, so James, I'm really intrigued about your training. Oh, thank you. So really intrigued about your training um, at Shoe Fighters and otherwise. What's the day-to-day -day at the moment? What would a future camp look like? Who are your coaches and who are your sparring partners? Because it can't be easy to find somebody your kind of size and Athleticism? Well, I mean, uh, I like how you said that athleticism was sort of high pitch inverted commas. I, I think, yeah. Um, I think, look, you know, firstly, uh, everything that I do is controlled by them. You know, Mar uh, you know I'm working one on one a lot with Paul from, from, from Shootbites, obviously Alexis and Maris. You know, the, those guys are the, the linchpins of, of one Shootbites. They dictate everything. You know, at the moment, um, obviously, uh, you know, a large portion of my time is spent stand up, wrestling, uh, obviously dealing with the ground stuff. They've got a plan in terms of how, what they, feel I'm good at what I need to execute. They're obviously watching consistently, you know, my limitations, how I'm going to act. I mean, I'm pretty much in there minimum three times a week at the moment for two hours a time. Um, and, you know, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. I join in the classes. There's actually some pretty big lumps down there. And, you know, I, I tell a story that the very first time I went down to, to London Shoot, I was one of 21, uh, they, uh, Alexis wanted to show me and my, my best mate, Paul Lauren Jones, about technique over aggression and everything else. They put me in the cage with this, um, Guys, 50 kgs, right? And he was a wrestler, a Chechen guy. And uh, he uh, did a double leg takedown and he picked me up, folded me up like a travel man, and stuffed me on the floor. So I was obviously confidence a bit dented. So I decided I'll have a go again, step up a little bit, went to grab him. He swung around and he took my back, threw me on the floor. So I went out the cage hotel to my legs, tagged my mate, and, and uh, he then did a uh, shot single leg, picked, picked my mate up above his head. Bear in mind, 120 kgs versus. 50 kgs and stuffed them on the floor. So that showed us that technique wins out 99% over anything. The question doesn't matter how big you are. So there are plenty of people at London Shoot Fights to fill me in, sparring wise. Uh, we've also got some big lumps in it, so I'm pretty much taken care of. But at the moment, you know, I'm back to school and, and every day is a school day and they're just teaching me and controlling me. But rest assured that my conditioning, my training is hard, it's intense, but it's clever. You know, they haven't stuck me in a, in a, in a cage and let someone beat the crap out of me for, you know, an hour because that's no good to anyone. Um, what's your best submission? My best yeah, submission? What's your go to? Oh, I've got a nice little Kimura, maybe a guillotine. Hey, listen, it's, it's early days. Let's see how we get on before we get too carried away, right? Not 
Well, my favourite sense of vision is what when I go to sleep and tap out. Lie on the floor and pretend to sleep. What's significantly different from the rugby training regime, conditioning regime? Is there, there changes you've had to make to strengthen conditioning and nutrition and areas like that? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I obviously went into summer thinking I'm retired, um, so a certain amount of vanity. I wanted to get as lean as possible. You know, a lot, a lot of tops off. Uh, in, in, in the summer months, a lot of trips away. So Chloe did all my calories to that. I went from 121 kgs when I finished to 112.7, real lean. Um, obviously then decided to do this, realized we're fighting heavyweight category, so 119, 260. So I've obviously gone back at the amount of calories I'm burning. You know, I, I do a normal weight session, you're probably burning about 500 calories. Tops, conditioning session, same. My first hour of, of shadow and um, pad work, I burned 860 calories. So I've got to up everything, change everything. I'm trying to obviously maintain weight. There's no running, obviously. All my conditioning is, is uh, you know, blocks of five minutes, flat out. Uh, you know, there, there's obviously some, some longer steady state work required, but I was already training. You know, I was already doing those fitness levels. I don't have to run anymore, which is amazing, because running is so boring, unless you're Mo Farah. Um, so I, yeah, I'm pretty much quite comfortable with, 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 with the training and stuff. And they dictate everything. I just come in and I just go, yes coach, no coach. And I'll try not to cry every now and then. And uh, I mean, I've seen what uh, it's great hearing that the England rugby team are very excited about your MMA, fledging MMA career. What do you think the average rugby fan thinks? I don't know what the average rugby fan thinks, and, and I'll be completely honest with you, I don't care. As long as they, they support me, then it's, it's good. If they don't, they don't. I think, look, um, I'm very lucky I've got a great fan base, but I'm like Marmite, I always have been. People either love me or hate me, there'll be naysayers, there'll be people who, who uh, criticise. If I listen to anybody or worry about they thought I never would leave the house. So my, I would say that 99% of support has been overwhelming. I think there's a few people who don't understand how the fight game works, and they keep thinking they're, I'm going to be putting against either of my first fight or, or um, you know, Chad Conner will get absolutely filled in. Uh, you know, they don't really understand how it works, but mostly they're excited and hopefully they'll support me, but if they don't, you know, Bellator's got an incredible fan base and so many people have reached out already and, and been super supportive, so I'm looking forward to it. Lots of luck. Thanks, mate. James Phil, Duncan Gay. I was just wondering, you said earlier that it's going to be a long period of time before you get in the cage. I was just wondering if you've got a timeline or time frame as to when you expect to actually have that first fight. No, I don't. I think, um, you know, for me, it's when my coaches think I'm ready. When you know, when we in discussion about the tour management, they they make those decisions. You know, I you know I want to make sure that I'm in, in a good a good place for this. You know, this is this is not about PR. It's not about anything else. It's about me taking on a new challenge, taking it very seriously, committing to it, and being dedicated. So other people outside my pay grade make those decisions. I just know that you know I've transitioned from one sport to another. I've just started on this journey. Everything takes time. Um, you know, practice makes perfect, and I'm committing. You know, as much time as I can to getting it right, and others will decide. Hey, everyone, Casey here. Uh, it's a question for both of you, really. Uh, you talked, obviously, James for a huge start, both inside and uh, on and off the pitch. Where kind of do you see your first fight being to potential main event? Obviously, he's got a huge following behind him. So, it's a question for both of you, really. James, do you think you can set up and do the five rounds? Well, I think um, I think first of all, I say you know there's a reason why we signed James. And obviously, we're really pleased with the reaction. You know, it was fantastic last week. You know, um, BBC Sport main page, all day, things like that, which was it's really interesting for them. That's what we're always trying to do. We love the sport here, but it's always about bringing 
new fans to, to the sport, get them a chance to see it, get hooked into it. And I think that's why I was very interested in signing gyms, and I think it'll be a fantastic adventure, very exciting to see him get in there for the first time. He certainly won't be doing a five-round title fight. Um, you know, he'll be fighting someone of similar uh, experience to him. Um, the obvious location is in the UK, and we're hoping for, you know, first half of next year. So we'll see how we get on with the training, and uh, we'll be making some announcements soon. Thank you. Anyone else on there? Hi James. Um, training with London Shoot for as long as you have for conditioning and strength and as a crossover training uh, experiment for, for, for rugby so to speak. How has it changed now you're actually going to be preparing for a fight? How has it been ramping up in, in the gym and, and what additional elements have they been working in or have you been training the full gamut of uh, MMA techniques from, from day one? Look, I think when I first went into uh, you know, shoot fighters, the, the idea was we shared a physio, like Kevin Lidlow was kind of saved me in my career, and I've been you know, since 17 to kind of 34, and you know, he's treated a lot of guys from uh, London Shoot Fighters we met in the waiting room, you know, we started talking about wrestling, lots of wrestling, how it would really help me, they felt it would help me, so I started going down and, and, and doing those wrestling classes, doing one-on-one -on -one stuff in the pool, practicing my takedowns, and then I started getting a, 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 a real insight into jiu-jitsu, and I started doing stuff with, with, uh, with Roger Gracie at their, their place, and Jiu-Jitsu there. When I moved to New Zealand, um, you know, I was in Dunedin. Um, I unfortunately got banned for five weeks uh, for throwing a punch, ironically. Um, and um, I spent a lot of time in New Zealand fighting fitness, doing boxing, jiu-jitsu, boxing, jiu-jitsu the whole time. Uh, but obviously, these were like infrequent bits. You know, I've been a professional rugby player, and as I got older in my career, you know, my week used to be ridiculous. I used to, you know, play a game on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, recover, Tuesday, go out to shoot fires, Wednesday, go and see. My, my mate, you know, Thursday we'll be back into to training. And I was knackered by the time I was getting to game time. So as I got older, I've whittled that away. So now I've gone back to starting with them. I, you know, I go in every you know, few months, do some pad work with them, do a bit of resting. Now I've got nothing else to worry about. So they dictate everything. So my training is, is incremental. You know, we're, we're looking to obviously, you said, to, to start a fighting game next year. But there's a lot of work to be done between now and then, and they dictate everything. So I, I don't have a say in it at all. I, I just tell them when I can be there, I turn up, I'm warmed up and I'm ready to go. And they work on different stuff. We obviously, they feel, have prepared a number of fighters. They've got a lot of fighters in Bellator at the moment. They've, they've had uh, fighters in, in the other mob, I won't mention the name. They've done lots of different, different bits and pieces. So I'm very confident. I don't you know, have it, but I, I just mean in terms of you know, some of the intensity, you know, that you're working for that two hour period. You know, my, my first session was, you know, an hour of, of stand-up work, straight into a wrestling class, straight into something else. You know, two hours, I mean, I don't, can't imagine how much water I left, you know, lost some sweating, how many calories I burned. But that wrestling session of the day, I reckon looking at 40, how many calories burned through that thing, which is mammoth compared to what we usually put up with. And um, it's mentally tough, you know, because rugby obviously is an element of, of, of repetition, but it's a free-flowing sport. This is free-flowing, but you're constantly drilling stuff. Drill, get up, get slammed to the floor, get up, get slammed to the floor, get up, get slammed. And, it, and it's that kind of repetition, but that's what separates, I think, the good fights from the bad. The people who, who get the basics in place, and that's what they're trying to teach me to then slowly upgrade. But, you know, if you think I'm going to look like MVP by the time, you know, I, I've come out in with my first fight, you're going to be sorely mistaken. I mean, because that guy is an absolute machine. I, you know, I've seen his career develop, and he does stuff that I'm like, makes me want to go home and, and hug my mum. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, 
he's unbelievable. So I will do what the best I can do and I'll do it in, 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 the, in the best way possible. You've been an elite sportsman for over a decade and a half now. When people embark on their MMA journey, quite often they're, they're beginning their journey in a sport and they're learning as they go. And obviously you're learning mixed martial arts and you've got a, a basis that, that, that you're building on. But you've also got a decade and a half of experience as an elite athlete and in a contact sport as well. How beneficial is that when you end up facing someone across the case you? Because you've got all that experience behind you, the, the, the big occasion, the bright lights, being out there with some of the toughest sportsmen on the planet already. Yeah, I, mean, I think, look, there's no doubt that there are elements of what happened in my past life to take into this. You know, one of the things I've seen in the, in the, in the fighting world, because, you know, without organisations like Bellator, you start taking fights on, it can be a little bit like Wild West. You, know, you get guys in there, they're self-funding, they've got other requirements, they've got family life. You know, I've always been part of the team, so I've always, my only concern was being as dedicated as I possibly could. The application I applied myself and how hard working I was. So you see a lot of fighters who could make it to the top, but they get sidetracked, they get, they get lost. So for me, I think hopefully what I will bring the lessons will be the dedication, will be the focus, will the fact that I will turn up to train, I will commit to what I'm doing. I think, you know, the pitfalls of media, um, you know, the pitfalls of, um, you know, that, that pressure, dealing with that pressure, not getting caught up in a sideshow. You know, I think it will be hard, it will be a test for me again, because I said, I've always been part of the team. You can always, you know, you can always kind of almost hide behind the rest of your team. If you're not feeling great, you can get protected. It's not really anywhere to hide here. So I think it's an interesting test for me, but I think there are elements that I will definitely take across. That professionalism, the expectations I have on, the, on, on my coaches, they have on me, what's supposed to be delivered and what, and what it takes to be successful. And also, you know, as I said, I've adjusted my life back to being a professional sport. So sportsman, so I'll start working with my sports psychologist again, start dealing with those things, I'll start you know, striving to, to get in the best possible shape. All these kind of elements will, will kick back in, but I've already got them saved up because I've only been retired three months or whatever it is. And talked about telling your family about all this and the reaction. What are Rich and Judy doing? Um, they were unbelievably supportive. You know, it, 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 you know, they um, they always supporting everything I do. Um, I'm, I didn't manage to convince them to come down to a, to a rugby game because of their schedule, but I'm pretty certain that will minimum I'm going to get Richard down to uh, to a Bellator fight. You know, as long as I get good seats. Because I think he, he's going to need to put his arm around my, my wife and look after her. I think because I think one thing she'd deal with was rugby, but uh, you know, fighting. You know, my my testable was it because she cried at anything anyway. She's the most emotional, loving person in the world. So I don't think with really a camera pants so she's crying again, it'll be a good idea. All right, David, you've got yourself a big name signing here. Yes. We've just had the press conference. He said you floated the idea to him out of the blue. Well, it was certainly out of the blue for him. I've been thinking about it for a while, to be honest, because, you know, I think part of our job with building the brand and building an audience for MMA, quite frankly, in the country is, is bringing new eyeballs to it. We all know it's a great sport, those of us who watched it. And I think, you know, I think it's, you know, it's an interesting thing to do is to bring someone, and, and I was really keen on someone like James, because I think people would be surprised how long he's trained for in MMA. And I think to get someone current, it wasn't about bringing somebody who's, you know, been retired for two or three years. You know, this guy's peak physical fitness, and you know, everyone loves a heavyweight. So I, I was adding up the, the different sort of positives about the whole thing and I mean I just think it's a great story and you can see how dedicated it is. Yeah well the, the point I was going to make was the natural reaction for like a casual bystander seeing this I think oh this is this this is a publicity stunt right but this is an elite athlete we're talking about and he's actually been in and around mixed martial arts to some degree for quite some time. Yeah and well I mean I think you made a great point in the press conference I mean you know 
obviously there's a degree of publicity about it because if I was announcing John Haskell today coming to you know, a promising 34-year-old heavyweight, would I have a room full of you know, ASPN, BBC and people like that? No. So there's a degree of publicity, there's no doubt about that. I'm not embarrassed to say that but you're absolutely right I think you hit the nail on the head this guy trains for running around the field at top speed for 80 minutes I mean the guy is in peak peak condition he actually says he's in better condition than he's ever been now that he's not been overtrained if you like for rugby so you know and he's going to probably have to almost cut to make the heavyweight division and with very little body fat so from a sort of physical athlete point of view I think it's very interesting whether he can fight we'll see but I think he's definitely got the appetite for it when you're looking at an opponent for a guy like this, obviously he needs to be someone of an equivalent level of experience. Has the thought crossed your mind to try and find someone else with a name who could maybe transition in as well? And then you've got yourself, you've got yourself sort of a I double mean, whammy. To be honest, I think with this particular person, I don't think that's right. It doesn't sit right to me. I think um, I think he's got some experience. I think you know I don't want to turn this into something like that. I think I think he you can see from the way he's talking about this, he's actually he's not approaching it like some sort of white collar uh, fight. He's he's going into this on a multi-fight deal with a with a view to a career change, you know. So I think it deserves to fight somebody, you know, who's coming up. I think the weird thing is with anybody like this, and we've had it before, everyone for some reason expects he should be fighting a 10 and 0 fighter when really he should be fighting another debutant or another guy who's maybe had one fight. So that's what it's gonna be and, and it's gonna be someone with a similar level of fighting experience here. And he's very media savvy. We saw him in a press conference here, but he's been in, in and around top level sport for a long time. He knows how he knows how to play the media. How valuable is he to you as, as, as a media asset as well? He's a recognisable name, the mainstream media here in the UK can latch onto him straight away. And he can sell the sport and sell the brand really well. How valuable is that? I think it's hugely valuable. I mean, that's why he just really stood out to me. Mm. I mean, and then you've had the added bonus of him training MMA for over 10 years. So he's, as you heard, I mean, his press go, he's like, he can talk, he can, he's like a sort of after dinner speaker level, isn't he, on, on, in terms of the way he talks. He's got one of the most successful podcasts, sporting podcasts in the country. Um, you know, he, he's just a really good guy. And I think, you know, if you're looking for positive ambassadors or role models for MMA, you know, you, I, I think he could be very interesting going forward. You know? And uh, just just to switch gears, we got Dublin in a couple of weeks' time. How excited are you for that? MVP James Gallagher, Benson Henderson coming over. It's a big one, right? It's huge. I mean, I think that card is absolutely spectacular. We were talking about having deep cards with Bellator, but I think this one blows everything away. I think we're seeing much more interest than we even did in, in February. I think James is obviously a huge star out there. That's a big test for him with Cal. I think you know you look at MVP coming to Ireland and the, the, the response we got when we took them over there for the press day, it's going to be really, really exciting. It's going to be a total sellout and a wild atmosphere in the three years. What does 2020 look like for, for the Bellator European European team? How many events can we... Can we uh, we're actually just talking about that now. I mean, you know, we want, we're going to be doing six events by the time we finish 2019. Mm -hmm. I think I want to take that up next year. So I'm hopefully going to add at least two or three more. I'd, I'd like to get to 10. We'll see where we get to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's about now moving into those markets we talked about in uh, mainland Europe and, uh, and beyond. And there's a side question now, just been asked by one of the journalists there about, James has been linked with going in the, going in the jungle. I'm a celebrity who's been, uh, he's been in the, linked in the papers to going in that. Obviously that takes away from training, but that can't be a bad thing for you, right? They can, he could be talking about Bellator on a, an enormous scale if he ended up going in there. Wouldn't that be something you, you might say, if there's an offer there, that might not be a bad idea. Well, I don't know anything about that, and I think it just emerged uh, over the past 24 hours, but uh, I think it's just uh, tittle-tattle, but, um, you know, 
he'd be good in that, I think. I'd like to watch him in that. Yeah. All right, James, you're now Bellator heavyweight. You, you got the phone call, you mm. picked up the phone, David Green's on the line and says, you want to fight for us? Mm. What was your immediate reaction? Um, have you gone completely mad? Um, and then when I sort of stopped nervously laughing and, it's, and the idea started to germinate and I thought, actually I might quite want to do this, I said to him, look, I need to have a long think about this, it's quite a serious thing you're asking me to do. You know, if I do it, I'm not going to be playing around at it, I'm not, I'm not going to mess around. You know, it's a, it's a great organisation with some incredible heavyweights in there. Um, I'm with a great, you know, world champion, in, in, in heavyweight champion, lightweight champion, Vader. I think, um, you know, I went away and talked to my wife. She thought I was mad. I talked to my friends, but more importantly, I talked to shoot, London Shoot Fighters and said, listen, um, you know, what do you think? And, and they gave me the thumbs up. And I, I talked to a few guys that I really, really value their opinion and decided to give it a go. And uh, here we are. For the benefit of the, the American audience who maybe don't know you that well, mm. your rugby accolades are pretty, pretty extensive. You know, 77 caps for England. You know, you've played in World Cups, you've been on a Lions tour, you know, there isn't a lot in the sport you haven't done. And rugby as a sport is one of the one of the hardest team sports on the planet. So as a grounding for going into a, a completely different sport but a collision sport nonetheless, how valuable is that? You know, you're used to that 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 bodily contact, so to speak. Yeah, look, you know, for the, for the American audience, you know, you've seen people come across from NFL into Bellator, you know, you've seen professional wrestlers go across into into to MMA. Um, I think, look, you know, there are elements of, of the conditioning, the professionalism, the dedication to what you're doing, the physicality, but look, MMA is a unique, unique sport. I'm not underestimating it. I, I know how hard it's going to be. I know how tough the training's going to be, you know, and all of it, all those disciplines executed while someone's trying to, to, to knock you out. It's, it's going to be very hard, but it's, it's a tough journey, and look, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting involved in doing it. And you've been around this sport for a while. I mean, I worked at BT when you were doing Beyond the Octagon, mm. and, you know, you, you were well entrenched in the sport even then and probably from before then as well so I mean how long has there been this little it maybe itch that, to think how would I do if I got in a cage has that been something that's been with you for a period of time or there has look you know I, I thought about white collar boxing matches I thought about this kind of things but look you know I think in Bellator you know it's a uh, you know, there's an incentive, you know, you're fighting on a bigger crowd, you're fighting on a bigger stage, you're financially fighting for, for money, it's, it's a different kettle of fish, so all those kind of boxes are ticked and, that, and that's what attracted me to, to fight, I think, you know, going and doing a charity boxing match when there'd be a queue out the door of people ready to knock me out, doesn't really appeal to me. Doing it properly on the big stage, testing yourself, going through the whole things, working with sponsors, working with people um, and going on the whole journey, it, you know, it's either go big or go home. And being a big name in, in British sport and going into a new sport, you know, your debut is going to be a big deal. Um, but because you're a big name, there's obviously going to be a, a target on your back for whoever, whoever wants to jump in and, and, and take you on. And there will be people, no doubt, who, who, who will doubt you and doubt the motives and all the rest of it. And how will you react to that, that side of things where some people will maybe not know if this is, this is something that is legit, so to speak? Um, I think, look, you know, uh, firstly, you should never, ever, ever, ever worry about what anyone else thinks of life. Um, there are always naysayers. Uh, you know, 2019 is the world of social media. The toilet's going, the world's going down the toilet via it, as far as I'm concerned. Everyone's entitled to opinion, but they don't necessarily all deserve it. I think, look, my my aspect to this is, is look, I'm going to train as hard as I possibly can. I'm, I'm giving this a proper go. You know, if it doesn't go well, it wouldn't be lack of trying for my, my thing. There's always going to be a target on my head. I'm fully aware of that. Not really worried about that. I think you derive your confidence and your uh, game plan from your coaches and your training. I put my hands fully and put myself fully into the hands of the guys in London Shoot Fighters. That's all that matters to me. I'm not worried about what people think. I don't read the press. 
I don't really care what people are pe people are saying. I'll, I'll go into that and make sure that I respect Bellator, respect my opponents, and respect the beautiful sport of MMA to the best of my ability, and that's all you can do. Brilliant. And. Uh... David said it's a, it's a multi-fight contract. How many fights have you got on your team? <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I don't know if what he's revealing. I think let's just put it as a multi-fight contract. Okay, so what's the uh, what's the end game for this? I mean, obviously this is this is this is ground zero. We're starting mm. from from the very beginning. How far do you want to take this? I think look. Uh, you know, I, I was come out of a sport of rugby where we you know we never trash talk, we never talk things up. Very different in the fight game. Everyone talks everyone, uh, themselves up and everyone else down, and, and, and trash talks. Not really built like that. I think my priority is is this first fight and getting through training. You know, it's hard. London Street fighters train people hard. Um, that's going to be a big physical test. So when I get there, let's just worry about that first and foremost, and everything else will take care of itself. And I would assume in an ideal world, your first fight will be here in the UK, most likely in London, I would assume. Try and fast forward to that moment. Your name gets read out on the PA, the music hits the speakers, you hit the top of the ramp. What's going to be going through your head at that point? Um, well, I mean, I think, look, you know, if my experience of rugby or performing on a big stage then to do with, you know, you'll be thinking about two or three key points that your coaches will have given you. Uh, you'll be reminding yourself you're going through your... Uh, kind of strategies, also your kind of procedures for various things. I'll be excited, I'll be nervous, um, and I'll be wanting to stay calm and deliver and execute a fight and execute a game plan, do as I've told them. And by that stage, you know, I should feel very prepared. And is the result of your debut in any way a guide as to what you're going to do afterwards? Would defeat mean you say, do you know what, this isn't for me, or is it, is it just going to be a learning experience Mate, and you a, just take it on from there? It's a full, it's a full learning experience. I have no idea. You know, I don't know um, what I'm going to feel. I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, I might win and hate it. I might lose and love it. I don't. I honestly don't know. All I know is that um, I'm committed to that first fight. I'm committed to to being the best I can be, putting the training in, and look. And let's let's honestly see what happens. But it's going to be a hell of a journey along the way. I'm going to try and document all of it, um, share my experiences, and open myself up to another audience. Great stuff. All the best with it. Thanks, mate. So there you have it, James Haskell, the newest addition to the Bellator heavyweight roster. People are going to say it's a publicity stunt, and uh, as David Green said there, there's certainly going to be. A fair amount of publicity benefit from doing it, but James Haskell's taking this very, very seriously, and uh, it's not a sport you can just uh, play around with. So, really looking forward to seeing how he goes. He was an elite athlete as a rugby player. How will he fare inside the Bellator cage? We probably won't find out until early part of next year, at the earliest, maybe the summer of 2020. But uh, really looking forward to following this story through, and I'm sure we'll have more from James and from Bellator on this topic as his career starts to uh, starts to take off in Bellator MMA. That's all we've got for this particular show. Big thanks to David Green and obviously to James Haskell. Um, we will be back. I've got Mark Diakese interview coming your way very soon. I've got a Yannick Bahati interview coming your way very soon. And a couple more things in the pipeline as well. And we will be in Dublin, myself and Abby Saban from MMA Junkie. We will be on the ground in Dublin for Bellator well, for Bellator Dublin, Bellator Europe 4 or Bellator 227 uh, at the end of September. So uh, we'll do some on the ground stuff for you there. Speaking of on the ground, the ground outside my house is currently shaking. You can probably hear the drilling going on outside. We're living on a building site right now. So now is probably not a bad time for me to sign off. Um, check us out on Twitter at Simon Head, on Instagram at Simon Head Sport. Read me on MMA Junkie, RT Sport, BBC, Paddy Power. So check out all my stuff on there. 
And uh, until next time, enjoy the fights, and I'll speak to you soon.